Thank you for downloading the following message from the Pickerington Church of Christ. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you as you walk with the Lord. For more information or to find additional resources, locate us on the web at pickeringtonchurch.org. Enjoy the message. Evening, church. It's so good to be with you guys today. I got a uh, sermon here that I felt was pulled from my life into the Bible right from God. So if you guys haven't already done so, could you please turn to Jonah? This is going to be what we're going to be going over today. So the message I felt called to bring you guys today uh, is not one of God's wrath, but of his love, his power, and his infinite knowledge and overwhelming love to pull us ever closer as we sometimes drift away and sometimes we run away. I heard a sermon not too long ago that put sin in a very enlightening perspective. Sin will take you farther than you're willing to go. It will keep you longer than you're willing to stay. And sin will cost you more than you're willing to pay. So I'm going to parallel uh, the life of Jonah with that of my own um, to show show us how God pulls us closer as we run away. But first we'll go into Jonah. So Jonah was actually a prophet long before the book of Jonah was ever written or that part of his life ever came about. Uh, In 2 Kings, uh, he actually prophesied to King Jeroboam the, uh, excuse me, the second, the, uh, that he would win in the war against Syria. So fast forward now into uh, the time where Jonah, the story of Jonah was written. God called on Jonah to deliver a message to Nineveh. Now Nineveh, of those of you who don't know, was just, it was just a bad city. Uh, murderers, lustful sinners, just bad, warring city, always causing hecticness. That's even a word, excuse me. <laughs> um, so upon hearing this, Jonah then fled to Tarshish, which was about 500 miles away. And um, now why would a man that did this basically before, several years ago, just get up and run away to do basically the same thing? We're going to learn why here in a little bit. So he then jumped on a boat, and a huge storm came to threaten, uh, threaten to break up the boat. Now, I always kind of look over, over these stories, you know, okay, a storm comes, he's on a boat, it's rocking a little bit. It's, it's not the case. He's on the ocean. There are huge, you know, 50, I can imagine 50-foot-plus waves crashing down the boat, water, hail. It's just everybody's scared. They're petrified to death. And for some reason, Jonah's asleep down, uh, down below the deck. So the crew came, and they woke him up. And uh, they cast lots. Now, lots is, uh, in this day and age, almost like rolling dice, except uh, they thought it was to reveal the, the will of God. Uh, so, upon hearing this, the lots fell on Jonah, and then Jonah instructed them to throw him overboard. Now, here in Jonah 1.12, says, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will be calm. I know it is my fault. I, that this great storm has come upon Sin had taken Jonah farther than he had wanted to go. So, upon hearing this, the other sailors, they did not want to throw him overboard because that would literally be killing him. He would be drowned and crushed under all the waves. And uh, in verses 14, they, uh, the, the crew cried out to the Lord, 
They cried unto the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man for you, O Lord. Hope have done not have done as you pleased. So they're scared, but the storm kept coming and they threw him overboard. It was at this time that a great fish came and swallowed him up for three nights and for three days. Now, again, I've always thought, I guess I always over or underthink these Bible stories that, you know, he's kind of sitting in the belly, you know, some water dropping on him, looking around in a dark place. <laughs> again, that's just not the case. He's literally in the, fish of, or in the stomach of a fish. Uh, I imagine minimal air. I mean, it's, it's a mammal, so it's got to go hold its breath and go down to the depths. Uh, stomach acid is digesting him. Uh, seaweed is wrapped around his head, and he is in the worst place imaginable. And sin was keeping him longer than he was willing to stay. But uh, as, as humans, as we often do, when we're at our bottom and our worst point, as when we turn and we look up. So Jonah repented. And Jonah 2, 4, it says, I said, I have, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. At his lowest point, Jonah looked up to God, and God forgave him, and the fish spat him out onto land. He then went to Nineveh, did as God instructed, and the entire city repented. Now, going back to the point, why would a man go through all this if he had done this before? So everybody always remembers the craziness and the spectacular story of a big, of a big um, storm, giant fish eating someone, but you don't understand why this all transpired until chapter 4. Jonah wasn't running away because he was scared. He was running away because he didn't want the people of Nineveh to be saved. As Trevor read earlier, but Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry with the Lord. He prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? This is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, I'm going to go ahead and read through chapter 4 so we can see how God then uses Nineveh to put Jonah back in a, in a good perspective. Starting in chapter er, in verse 5, Jonah went out and sat, on a, sat down on a place in the east, east of the city. He was pouting. He, he didn't like what was going on. There he made himself shelter, sat down in the shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the, then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over his head to shade him, to shade his head, to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at, the, but at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it would wither. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east, east wind and the sun blazed down on, on, Jonah's, on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, and said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, you have a right to be angry, excuse me, do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I am angry enough to die. 
But the Lord said, You have been concerned about this vine, though, though, you ha so, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about the great city? Talk about an aha moment. God revealing what he really wanted to tell you. I mean, duh. <laughs> it was at this point that Jonah realized sin was going to cost him more than he was willing to pay. It was going to cost him the entire city of Nineveh. Actually, not him. It was going to cost God the entire city of Nineveh. And it was going to cost him from learning and being closer to God. But the best part of this is that it shows that God is going to fight for us. He fought for Nineveh, and in doing so, he fought for Jonah. The story seems on such a big level. However, it's really not. It's on the same playing field as, as today. Sin is sin. Choosing what you want to obey, missing the mark, that's all sin is. In my own life, God revealed this in the past few months, but it had been going on for, for a couple years. I had gotten out. Of, I had entered a relationship uh, that, its, and its core was infatuation. You know, the first light, the first love kind of relationship. After a couple months, she had left for the military, and in that time of her being away, the relationship grew in my mind to what it could be and what I thought it was going to be when she came back. The idea of her giving me all I needed in my life was replacing God in my mind. I was idolicizing her. After this long distance uh, relationship fell, failed, I felt lost. I was lost and sin was taking me further than I was willing to go. So then I fell into an easy kind of lifestyle, a party lifestyle if you will. And after several months of living that, I, I was left breathless and lonely. Sin has keeping me longer than I wanted to stay. Then I moved to Worcester. Alienated in a town I didn't know. Working at a job I was unfamiliar with. And being by myself for the most part of my day. I turned to the one thing that I had left up in that town, which was the sport that I love. The Olympic weightlifting that I do. And a fractured vertebrae very quickly shut that down. So the last thing I was holding on to was lost, and I did as Jonah did. At that point, I finally looked up and asked my God for forgiveness. Sin cost me more than I was willing to pay. Chip Ingram said it well. He said, when we know what to do and we don't obey, things don't get easier or the same, they get worse. Now the best part of the story of Jonah isn't the fish or the big storm, is that it shows the gospel before it was ever written, before it ever transpired. God loved Jonah and the Ninevites all the same. God provided Jonah for the Ninevites to hear his word and for them to repent. God provided the Ninevites to show Jonah his own love in a different light, in a different perspective. And God called them all to repentance. God fought for Jonah. I believe he fought for me, and I know he's fighting for you. 
So what are you choosing over God right now? What are you making him fight through to get to you? Because I know as human beings, we're all stubborn. Are you making him fight through a relationship? Are you making him fight through a job? School? A habit you haven't kicked? Maybe it's something that doesn't feel bad or feel wrong, but it's taking your time away from him. It's distracting you and just bringing you off the curve. The best part of all of this, of choosing God in every aspect of your life, is that you'll never feel lost. You'll never feel in need of the things that you once chose over God. I see this in my life. I've seen this in Jonah's life. And I know it to be true from what I've read in this book. I invite you all to stop running. Choose God today. I know there's plenty of people here that are willing to help as, as I am. As am I. So let's stand and sing. <laughs>